And welcome back to the Divorce Solutions Podcast, everyone. I'm Jamie West from West Pro Mediation and Consulting, along with my partner, Tracy Miller, who is, uh, you know, a law expert to the stars. I say that all the time from <laughs> Miller Law and Mediation. You're, you're my, I don't want to say my partner in crime. That's not what well, we're doing you here. Know, that might not be a bad way to put it, right? <laughs> might not be a bad way to put it at all. You're my partner in helping sort out fact from fiction and helping to get people information that they yep. can take away from the podcast and use. We're, we're really opening a can of worms today, Tracy. Um, I'll tell you what, we, you and I have been talking about this a little bit um, sort of off the air, and it's uh, around the idea of uh, the word narcissist. It's it, I swear that it's probably the Webster's Dictionary word of the year. Yep. Uh, you hear it everywhere. Um, absolutely everywhere. It's just become a real catch word out there. And, you know, narcissism is a, is a personality disorder that has to be diagnosed by a medical professional or psychological professional. Um, it's, but it's used everywhere. Anytime somebody disagrees with somebody else, they're a narcissist, they're a narcissist. You know. Well, I think that's I think that's what I find too. Is there's an awful lot of clients that think their ex is a narcissist, and the more you look into this topic and the more you read about it, it really is kind of fascinating. It's not I don't think as straightforward as maybe I thought it was, um, but yeah. yeah. And I can tell you, uh, our next guest has uh, had a lot of uh, experience in and around uh, narcissism. Um, she has. She, through her own experience, her own uh, ugly divorce, was motivated to become a trauma-informed divorce coach specializing in helping people who have uh, narcissistic exes. Whether they've been diagnosed or not, they certainly display a lot of the qualities of a narcissistic, uh, a narcissist. And uh, her name is Dawn Shandley. She's with New Life Divorce Coaching. And she's out in Kelowna, BC. Right, Don, you're way out there on the on the left coast. I am, guys. Thanks for having me today. It's great to have you here. Um, you and I talked uh, about a week ago uh, about your experience uh, going through um, a divorce with a uh, ex-spouse who had a lot of narcissistic uh, qualities. I know mm-hmm. that I I went through the same thing when I when you and I talked on the phone. Um, I was silent and listening to you and trust me and Tracy will back me up on this. Me being silent is, is a rare thing. Indeed. I didn't say that. <laughs> but, but what I, but what I found was listening to you was like listening to myself and my experience in a mirror. Um, right. Yeah. You are, you are very passionate about this whole specialty, uh, of helping people deal with, uh, narcissistic axes how big is that market i feel like like you said everybody's using that word narcissist so freely these days but it it is such a common thing that um you know like my story is i just didn't notice it back then i just maybe i wasn't educated on it and and nowadays everybody is like oh my ex is a, a narcissist but i'm talking about the ones that are really truly like checking all of the boxes and like you and i talked about that they do not stray from their their patterns right yeah they are very uh driven uh and the more that people read about narcissism and i and i would encourage anybody listening to the podcast uh, to to do that um 
the more you come to understand, you know, the, the basic characteristics, um, the more likely you are to be able to determine whether or not your ex is, is truly that or, or just somebody who's, who's wound up and emotional. The fact is, Don, every person walking the earth has some narcissistic uh, tendencies or characteristics at different times. It, we're talking about the people here, I think, who are real dyed-in-the-wool, you know, winner-take-all, yeah. um, you know, it's all or nothing. Uh, uh, they will stop at nothing to exercise control over the person they're divorcing from. But I'll let you take it from there. What does that start to fit your kind of description? Yeah. So, I mean, like how I ended up getting here and I don't need to get into that long story, but surviving my own family law litigation, you know, I ignored the signs as time went on. And as time went on, I realized, you know, like I was an abusive relationship with, um, the manipulation, feeling alienated from family and friends and the coercion and the lies. And, and I was too scared, um, of what would happen really if I stood up for myself or even voiced any of these opinions. And so, um, moving quickly through it is I had two daughters from that marriage who are 21 and 19. Now they're, they're adults, but they were my why, like that was my real driving force to get out and to show them what a healthy relationship needed to be and that sure as heck was not it and so I left and I found my voice and I found my power I'm like roar mama roar you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so through that um you know self-represented myself I had to cross-examine him and court myself which I don't even know how I did it was very scary but finding that power you know and had to educate myself on what a true narcissistic individual is and it became a passion of mine and becoming trauma informed and realizing that if you are in a relationship with a true narcissist, you are going to be dealing with gaslighting, the lies, they have no empathy, and they will play the victim every single time, you know, and to something that I want people to really realize is that if you're dealing with a narcissist, they're their lies get so out of control. And I find so many clients are so frustrated and they're trying to battle to get them to hear them, but they need to realize when a narcissist is telling you something that is their version is their reality. They believe truly what they're saying to you, but it's a false narrative. It's, it's, it's out of control, but there's no you're never going to convince them of your version of things, right. you know? Right. Tra- Tracy, I got to ask you, you're, you're a lawyer um, and a mediator, but as a, as a lawyer, I found in my experience um, with divorcing somebody with uh, heavy narcissistic uh, tendencies. In fact, her partner was as, as much the same as she was. So it was like I was fighting off two narcissists mm. uh, going through my nasty divorce, but, but lawyers are reticent, aren't they, Tracy, to, to even use the term, is that because of the the legal training? Is that because of the law society guidelines or the court guidelines? You know, I remember my lawyers saying to me, careful not to throw around, you know, sort of diagnoses terms. Um, you know, like when you get up on the stand, don't be, you know, pointing to somebody and calling them a narcissist. You're not a doctor. You can't make that diagnosis. Lawyers are a little itchy about the, that term, aren't they? Well, 
I think I think I understand what you're saying in that I wouldn't throw a term around if somebody hadn't been diagnosed as right. it. I think right. that that it's such an easy response for for the other lawyers to say, well, you know, where's the diagnosis? What are you basing that on? Like you're just kind of making it sound worse than it does. But I mean, on a practical basis, I had a client years ago, and I think before this term was being used, and she said to me, I was asking her, you try and figure out what does the other side want? How are you going to get there? And she never forgot. She said to me, you don't understand. It's not what he wants. He wants me to have nothing. Yeah. And you have to understand that distinction. Once you get that, then you're going to see it's going to be virtually impossible to settle this. And every once in a while you get files like that, you think, oh, yikes. You're, yeah. you're not you're not going to get this one settled. At least it certainly isn't going to be. Even if you do get it settled, now your problem is going to be getting them to comply. Right. And, and the, system, the system doesn't do a very good job of triaging those personalities. I, I mean, I, I, that's, I'm seeing that from firsthand experience. I knew this fairly early on. Don, you said earlier it took you a while to kind of figure this out. And it yeah. did for me as well. I mean, it was a nine-year journey for me. I don't know how many years you were at it, uh, being dragged through a long, stuff. A long road, even up until, like, we were divorced in 2007, mm-hmm. and even still up until, like, I'm remarried now for 10 years, and, and I'm still sort of, they still kind of, like, hang on. So these are lifelong yeah. skills when you have had a relationship with a narcissist. Yeah, and, and it's, my concern, and, and I mean, you know, trying to, uh, Trying to change the system or change the statutes uh, is like, you know, um, trying to turn uh, the Queen Mary around on a dime. Uh, it's, it's, it's not all that practical. But at some point, the system's got to be able to triage these because these are going to fit into the high conflict cases. And they're probably not going to be they're not qualified for mediation. These types mm, of cases. Absolutely not. You can't mediate with a narcissist. You cannot. Tracy, you do you agree with cannot. that? Yeah, I'm just I'm sitting here wondering in terms of um, for people that are listening to it. I mean, what do you do with them? I mean, in in my experience, like I said, there's some files you look at and you think you're not going to settle this, at least not in the normal way you think you're going to settle it, unless you can make them think it's their self-interest on the other side. You're not going to get them to settle it. But how much of it is disentangling from guys like this? I shouldn't say guys. It's not just guys. I know from people like this. How much of it is disentangling it? How much is managing what you can control in terms of your response and not getting, I don't know, sucked down the rabbit hole with them getting into arguments and email fights and all of this stuff? Does that does that make sense? It it absolutely makes sense. Like, and it's something. There are ways, and and I try and teach clients this. I'm like. Eh these are people that are not confident and you know they don't feel they feel empty and they feel a void by anything that you know fills them up makes them feel better attention ego and something that was really really important for me i wanted to share with with everybody is that how these narcissists are formed and it's really critical to learn and narcissists are not born they are made it's a result of trauma you know to their limbic system which is their emotional center in their brain in childhood that's right and and I look back to my ex and I, I now see the moment when that happened for his life. And when their switch is flipped, like black and white, on and off, for or against them, you know, once that, that limbic system is in control, this is what we were talking about earlier, they will take themselves down, their children That's down right. to take you down. Absolutely. The courts, lawyers, everybody's going down in their wake, but 
there is, people are so afraid of that. And then they want you, spouse primarily, they need you to be freaking out. And that is exactly how they maintain that control, right? And I try and teach clients, there is a way you can manage that because they don't stray from their patterns. They have a tried and true method of behaviors. And, and I, you might think think it's hard to deal with it. And do you think I have it right that what, I mean, just some general things, but what you can't do is get into whether it's text or uh, God forbid, if it's in person, but when you start arguing with people like that, you get nowhere, right? You cannot. You no, you give them everything. You, Absolutely. You, you're right, Tracy. You give them you give them what they want, which is narcissistic supply. And, yeah, and, you gotta feed that diamond supply that they need. Like I just yeah. mentioned, they will they they need it. That's how they survive it. So and, if you have a boundary that basically is a short, and this is what I tell people, it's business-like, it's short, it's to the point. I don't care if it's five pages long, the crap you just got from this person, you do not engage in that. You don't you start do going toe-to-toe and because that just, like you said, that feeds it, right? I teach clients all the time. Like I said, if they have, if they truly are a narcissistic individual, I teach clients being that most of my clients are dealing with somebody like this, there is a way to communicate with them. And usually because these people are lying, clients mm. are wanting to defend themselves. And I'm like, oh, yeah. that is the error yeah. right there. I'm like teaching them when and if, if, if they need to respond to it, because 90% of the time they don't, they're just getting baited and there's learned patents from these relationships to keep at it. And the minute these clients kind of figure out that they don't have to engage, wow, the power shift is incredible. I'm like, you guys have been on the defense for so long. You guys need to flip it. And the minute you empower yourself and have a voice and follow the tried and true response method, you get on the offense and well, it is so powerful to watch. And and here's the thing, and this is not this is not a knock against lawyers. It's probably gonna Oh, here we go. The lawyer jokes. <laughs> it, it's probably gonna sound like one, but it's it really isn't. Again, this is from personal experience. I used to say I, I had a lot of I had a lot of lawyers through the the nine years. They were all great. Uh, I, I used to say, guys, we've gotta get on the offensive. I can't I can't be on the defensive all the time. And, and because the narcissist was putting me in that position, the narcissist had me completely on the defensive at all times. And I said, for crying out loud, can't we do this? Can't we do that? And lawyers being lawyers, they they lawyer. They, they do. Yeah, they do. They do. You can't expect a lawyer to really understand your narcissistic ex. They they're sticking to their lane and sticking to their knitting. And, and I think that's fine. That's fine. It's up to me. It was up to me as it was for you, Dawn, to educate yourself uh, so that you could uh, handle things uh, in a much more strategic way, let's say, or a or a better way, um, you know, that, that would allow you to not lose your mind because the narcissist more than anything will leave you feeling crazy. The narcissist will leave you doubting your sanity and your senses. You know? Absolutely. They flip it. They call it mirroring for a reason. And anyone that's lived with that relationship, they, they what they're saying to you is the stuff that they're doing themselves. And it's just literally, they call it mirroring for that reason. It's It's incredible to watch. And I tell clients, I'm like, the only way that there's a way to beat them and I and it comes across maybe aggressively, but you have to, you have to understand that their psyche and their framework to it is leverage strategy and you have to anticipate 
and be a few steps ahead of them and don't run away from it, which is what I try and teach clients constantly. I'm like, you can't run. That's where we go back to being on the offense finally. And there is a way to beat them. And, and Don, and I'm going to let Tracy jump in here in a second and defend lawyers, but <laughs> she's, she's champing to get at me. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we're remote uh, right now because I have a <laughs> feeling her hands would be around my neck right now. Um, no, I'm kidding. But I, it, you know, the, the, I always tell clients as well, Don, that, that come to me for coaching that re- try to always remember that you're, you have the upper hand on a narcissist, even though you don't, you might not feel like it, because the narcissist uh, is somebody who is self, totally self-loathing, completely insecure about who they are and where they are uh, in, in the in the world. And um, I've said to uh, to many clients, the thing that stops a lot of them is uh, when they're cornered and and full of fear. If you can scare yep. them, if you can scare a narcissist, and I'm not suggesting you go out and do anything violent. I'm saying, you know, through, you know, standing your ground, if you can frighten them and stand your ground, um, you know, chances are you you're going to come out on top. The problem is, or the challenge is, that the road can be very long and it takes mm-hmm. a great deal of stamina mentally, spiritually, financially, physically to do that, right? Absolutely. And and you have to figure out that why. And I keep telling clients this all the time. I'm like, you have to dig deep and find that why. And I'm, everyone's like, how do you beat them? I said, the number one way, and obviously being a lawyer, you probably understand this, that 80% of client files are going to to settle and mediate or arbitrate. That other 20%, those are the narcissistic spouses. They are not going to arbitrate, mediate. Like I said, they're going to take you down. There's no point in wasting your time. So clients are like, how do I do it? You do it through your documentation. They will give you such gifts because they're, they're, right. they're constant lies and can't bad behavior. They can't, but they don't really think that you're keeping track of it. Right. But all of this becomes timelines, your summaries, your affidavits, which becomes your leverage, like I talked about earlier. They really don't think you're keeping track, leaving you crazy voicemails or emails. You're like, what is happening? But that's your leverage. And once you have that leverage put in place, oh man, you unleash it. You know, you box them in with it and then... They, they, because they don't even know that this and, stuff exists. You keep your cards close and cage them in. And that's the coaching piece. And that's that's yeah. why, uh, you know, coaching services specifically around narcissism that you offer, Don, out on the West Coast. And I know you're available uh, across Canada, just like I am. Yeah. The, the people like you and I who do that type of coaching, um, th- that's uh, like I needed you back at the beginning of my matter and, and you needed me back at my the beginning of my yes. matter but but we didn't know what we didn't know back then but now we do so we can help a lot of other people right this is why we do what we do and that's that trauma coaching component that i really kind of worked on and that anyone that's in a relationship with a narcissist it's a high conflict and it's trauma you know being trauma informed is to be able to to count like to coach people on these tools and in what people don't realize is that what trauma is is not the event that's happening to you it's what happens to your body after the event so these people that are stuck in these relationships their bodies are holding on to they're staying in an activated state 
And if you stay in an activated state and your nervous system is dysregulated, you cannot complete that loop back to calm and they stay in it and it's repeated. So every time those texts or emails come in, there's a physical response to their nervous system and it happens every single time. There you go. And Tra- it's critical to learn tools on how to handle that. Right. Tracy, you noticed that I hogged the conversation for quite a while there <laughs> as a way to try to make you forget about, you know, what I said about <laughs> lawyers not listening. Um. <laughs> I I, I, you know, it's not that I'm just defending lawyers, but I think from a lawyer's perspective, I think you have to know what's the best way to deal with high conflict files. I personally don't think it's by sending that really caustic, ugly, aggressive material. I think that's For feeding sure. the other side so they can go, oh, look, she's just a real bitch. And that's what I thought she was. I don't think that helps. And I think it's almost the same thing as you tell clients, don't buy into it, don't argue with them. Mm -hmm. I think lawyers really need to do the same thing. Because if you start um, dealing with them the way they're setting it up, and quite often they gravitate towards the lawyers that are going to send those really big, ugly, long-winded letters, um, you're not helping it. You're just ramping it up, right? So I I think you can still build the case. I think you can still build it by, like you said, you know, you tell people that if they're going to send you messages, it doesn't mean you have to respond in kind, but you do need to hang on to it because Don, there'll be a reckoning at some point with right, this. Right. Oh, absolutely. Don, yeah. I've got to ask you this question. How are how are law firms out uh, out in Kelowna, you know, receiving what it is you're doing? Are they kind of looking at you and raising their eyebrow? Are they threatened in any way by you or are they embracing uh, you to come in, let's say, and and talk to their hot, hot-headed clients or upset clients for, you know, an hour or two, and and give them a little bit of uh, of understanding uh, of what what they're dealing with emotionally. I find some of the more traditional big firms are struggling, whether they're more financially based with their clients. But I'm it's I'm so passionate about this that I will talk to anybody anywhere. These people need to know, especially law firms, but the law firms that I'm collaborating with, they've, you know, they'll pa- they'll pass files over to me and then I have these meetings with these clients and they are so thankful when they kind of get a little taste of, you know, most clients traditionally like I'm getting separated, I need a lawyer. You absolutely need legal advice, but the law is changing. There's options for people now. There's unbundled legal services. Paralegals can do your paperwork. There's there's people like myself who are divorce coaches to take all that emotional dumping instead of dumping it into your lawyer's email at $400 an hour. And it's not that they don't care. It's just, it's more of a collaborative approach. And so, like I said, across Canada, diff- different law firms are really seeing the value in having it as a collaborative approach for client files because it streamlines the files. It it moves them along. Tracy, what do you think about that? I think anytime you can get more of a team approach to dealing with files, especially the more high conflict files, absolutely, right? I mean, people don't want to be sending big, long emails, like you said, at $400 an hour. There's some (laughs) stuff you do need to know. All right. That was... um... That was great, you guys. Um, yep. It was so fun. I'm, I'm going to let you read the, the disclaimer today, and then we'll give out some contact information. All right. Here's the legal language that you need to know. This podcast is for in- entertainment purposes only. This is not intended to provide you with legal, accounting, counseling, or therapeutic advice. 
every case is different. You need to get your advice from your own lawyer, accountant, and therapist who knows the particular facts of your situation. Very good, uh, very good information. And uh, Tracy, how do people get a hold of you if they'd like to make contact? It's Miller Law and Mediation. You can find the website and to email me, it's Tracy at Miller-Law.ca. All right. And you can email me, jwest at westpromediation.com. And you can look me up on the World Wide Web too at uh, westpromediation.com. And uh, yeah, I encourage you to visit Tracy's website, visit my website. And uh, if there's anything that we can do to help you, by all means, reach out and uh, make contact. Uh, Really enjoyed this chat today. So fun. Look forward to the next one. Have a great day. Yep, you too. Take care.